You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on X at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Kepper. You can also find me on X at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code OWLSFLIGHTDECK10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. So head over to SportBuffShop.com, use the promo code, save 10%, get some great merch, and don't forget to support local. And the Alouette's Flight Deck is all over social media and the World Wide Web. Uh, for our entire archive of our seven-plus seasons here on the Alouette's Flight Deck, head on over to www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. Uh, shoot us a follow on X at Alouette's FL Deck. you find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck pod. Follow us on Instagram at Alouette's Flight Deck, as well as threads at Alouette's Flight Deck. Uh, check out our YouTube page over at youtube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. And last but certainly not least, make sure you check out our merch store over at teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck, where you can get all sorts of great stuff, including our Cartoon Bird 56 t-shirt, which you're going to need if you are going to be attending the fan meetup at Thanksgiving. Uh, Make sure you use the promo code TGIVING23 and save 10% off your entire order there as well. Sound like there you needed some bacon. (laughs) Who doesn't need bacon? Uh, well, maybe not pigs, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the literal sense, because in, pigs in the, yeah, in the literal sense, that's that's <laughs> that's that's like a chicken eating. Chicken. Anyways, what a way to start off. Um, it was um, this this game. We expected so much more of this game itself, and it just seemed that certain things just led up to just another atrocious outing for the Alouettes. And, and, you know, it started off okay-ish, but as we saw by what the, you know, by the, what the final score was, um, the, the Owls just could not hang with the Argos once again. And that's, you know, that, that's obviously frustrating for, for fans and stuff like that being, I mean, Cliff, I mean, this, this is, this is a team that's zero and six versus the top teams in the CFL currently. And, you know, Argos already have clinched a playoff spot and, and it's very possible, whatever there was, depending on what the result is this week, it's, you know, uh, the Argos, Argos are in line to clinch the East this week, but certain things have to be done in order for this Owls team to even, you know, be on the same level with the Argos this week. Yes, I think that's a very fair statement to say. Uh, This past Saturday was just absolutely atrocious over at BMO Field. Just an absolute, I want to say comedy of errors, but comedies are supposed to be funny. This was not funny at all. This was just brutal. I mean, anything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Montreal Alouettes. And, of course, the Toronto Argonauts, they showed why they are the premier team in the league. And like you said, this Alouettes team is currently 0-6 versus 
the so-called top tier teams of this league, including Toronto. And they, there is definitely proof that without question, Toronto is the class of the East, whereas Montreal wants so badly to hang with these guys, but they sure as hell didn't uh, last week. It was not pretty, not pretty at all. No, it's, you know, again, it was, it was probably the, you know, the second game this year where we wanted to, to turn, you know, we really wanted to turn the game off, but we knew we hadn't. We said so we had to, had to live through, uh, live through the uh, 39-10 drubbing to the uh, Toronto Argonauts. As I said, dropped the Alouettes six and six on the year. Um, it, again, it it just seemed, you know, we had some players back. It looked good, you know. Uh, some of the guys are finally off off the six game, and but yet, but yet, Cliff, you know, it just seemed that once those dominoes fell, started to fall, they weren't able to stop them. It, it was like a, it was. A, <laughs> It was like a giant. It was like a our version of the Squid Games. Yeah, it was not pretty, not pretty at all. I, I mean, you name it. Whether it's ineffectiveness on offense, uh, turnovers, 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 all over the place uh, on special teams. Uh, and simply put, I mean, Chad Kelly and company just came in, did what they normally do, which wouldn't have taken a whole lot to say the truth. But I mean, they they just punched Montreal in the mouth repeatedly and didn't stop until it was over. And and there was just nothing. They, they, the Elwoods simply had no answer, no answer at all for this. I mean, I, I said, you know, the Elwoods were playing two teams last Saturday, the Toronto Argonauts and the Montreal Elwoods. They were beating themselves and Toronto just happened to come along and, hey, we'll give you a hand in beating yourselves. And they were the beneficiaries of it, 100%. Uh, you know, right away, you know, as you said, turnovers, turnovers. I mean, we're the Stambeck speaker, a turnover on down. So that, that one boggled my mind as I, as I mentioned in, uh, in the flight deck live. Um, it, again, the owls are automatic. We're, we're down 14, nothing, uh, with just over seven and a half minutes left in the first quarter. And, you know, that second touchdown was, was caused by a fumble. Um, yeah. It's off turnovers. Yeah, yeah, that, that's basically what it was. I mean, it's, but I, again, the, the, the positives too is that we've been wanting to see this all season, and finally we were able to see Chandler Worthy do what he, he was able to do. And if it weren't for obviously, uh, I would say I'll, I'll give props a a a, a good tackle from uh, Boris Bede. Uh, you know, it he would have scored, but yeah. but. You know, Cody Fajardo and and crew came out and were, were able to take advantage of it and threw a you know he threw basically a dime to Cole Speaker, who basically got uh, looked like he got uh, the worst of it, but he still he got, he, yeah he yeah. got sunned <laughs> yeah but he but he's again he scored scored that touchdown brought brought us within seven, everything seemed to be to be going well, and then. You know, we're within seven. Then, then the wheels fell off, and I think it's one of the things that we have to talk about is because it depends on 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 I guess what color glasses you're watching that you were watching this game in, and I'm I'm not necessarily saying Alouette versus, but I, it's a matter of what you're seeing and what you interpret. The ejection for Austin Mack uh, that that happened right near the end of the first, uh, right near the happened to the end of the first quarter. I think the Owls were down seventeen seven at that point. Um, and then from there, as I said, it just, 
turnover after turnover, and it just nothing. The Owls couldn't get anything going at all. So, what was what was your thought on the on the Austin Mac uh, ejection? Because we we know how his wife feels. Um, <laughs> we sure very, do. And, very very much so. Um, and and we don't disagree with her either. That's the thing. And it has nothing to do with who she is. It's mm-hmm. she she detailed it perfectly on X as, as a how she felt and how it all went down. And it comes down to tell me where, tell me when I'm telling lies. You, you read the whole thing and it's basically a blow by blow of exactly what happened, especially as how we see it. And once again, it has nothing to do with wearing certain colored glasses or anything like that. It's just strictly a football play and strictly what happened in the aftermath, the aftermath of what happened as a result of it. And yeah, unfortunately, the ref's always going to catch the retaliation, and mm-hmm. this defense, the, the Argos defender, you know, was instigating stuff, and unfortunately, Mac retaliated. And I'm telling you, it looked like it was part of the shove, as as was described. Uh, it, you could almost make the argument maybe it was an open hand punch, maybe, but I, I felt it was more a retaliation shove than anything else. And somehow that got interpreted as a punch, which of course is going to get you expelled from expelled from the game which I, again I, I i have a very hard time looking at that and saying was that really ejection worthy penalty mm-hmm. sure I, I, and i'm sure austin mack will be the first to tell you i shouldn't have been involved in that and no doubt the coaches are going to say the same thing like he, he was in that and heat of the moment call it whatever you will things are going to happen but to, to to basically throw out the league leader in reception yards what's funny Still, the league leader in reception yards. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Uh, go but, figure. But essentially, that's that's throwing out a uh, high-powered piece of the the Alouette's offense. You know, you take that out, and you can see immediately like that ejection took the wind right out of Montreal sails. I mean, they were reeling a little bit after those two touchdowns. You know, being scored so quickly, like but just as they're trying to get their bearings, all this goes down, and it's just. What are you supposed to do at this point? And then it, it really had a, unfortunately, a, a you know a ripple effect throughout the team and how they played and how everything else went went about with this game. It's it's unfortunate. I, I mean, I think quite frankly, I think Austin Mack jo- got jobbed on that one. Yes, he should have been penalized for participating in a uh, a scrap, a melee, whatever you want to call it, but. I didn't see that as a punch. I didn't see that as ejection worthy and clearly the referees disagree. And, you know, quite frankly, I, I said at the time, there better not be any fines as a result of this. And I say this simply because later on that day, mm-hmm. the Calgary St. Peter's and Edmonton Elks played a game and there was a, a very similar sort of Donnie Brook happening. Uh, Reggie Bagleton did more or less the exact same thing. Austin Mack did. Not only did he not get ejected, you know, I, I don't think he was. Well, oh, I'm sure there must have been a penalty, but I mean, like, the, he got away relatively scot free compared to what Mac, what happened to Mac. I'm like, it's the exact same thing, and he gets nothing. Meanwhile, Austin Mac gets thrown out of the game. No, no. I mean, the the Canadian Football League is notorious for their inconsistencies when it comes to officiating and the doling out of punishment, and if. Reggie Bagleton gets off scot free, whereas Austin Mack does not. No, that 
that doesn't wash with me. That doesn't pass the smell test. And by the way, this is this just isn't Alouette's fans complaining and Alouette supporters complaining. There, there was a strong reaction on social media. Many people making reference to this, to this, to this, to this situation between these two players and how it, how it was so different. You know, with the you Mac know thing, it's, it's just a simple matter of if you're going to call it, call it and be consistent across. That's that's what really what comes down to. Be consistent with your calls. You saw it in one game, it, and if it happens again in another game, you got to do the exact same thing. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the Owls got dinged because it was a 25 yard penalty because it's it was 15 plus an extra 10 for the ejection. Um, yeah, it's uh, again, you know, yes, a team is more than just one player, but it's about an entire game plan for for the Alouettes or for any team. It's an entire game plan. So. Game plan, and again, uh, as we talked about, a focal point of the offense, the league leader in receiving yards, so obviously a very important part of the Montreal offense, uh, and arguably one of the most exciting players to watch. I mean, let's let's face it, Austin Mack has had a fantastic first year here in the Canadian Football League, and people know who he is now and are paying attention and watching him, and you basically throw him out for, you know, yes, 100% give him the flag, but... To throw them out of the game, like you're, you're denying people the opportunity to see one of the, the the top young talents of this league for whatever reason. Like you want to throw around your muscle, you want to you know show who's boss or whatever. That. Like, okay, fine. If that's that's really what it is, congratulations, you've done that. Meanwhile, you've basically hamstrung a team that, quite frankly, was reeling. And again, at that point, no. It, you know, the Alouettes have no one to blame but themselves for letting themselves get into, you know, the quagmire that they were in that game. But at the same time, you're taking away one of the most exciting young players and not letting him do his thing because of, uh, you know, being an unfortunate participant in something that really got blown way out of proportion. We have learned, you are talking about fines before, the league hasn't announced their fines as of yet, as, as of this taping. But we do know through uh, through local media that um, the team did find Mac uh, an undisclosed amount. So it's you know I'm not surprised he's going to get fined. I'm curious to know if Bagleton gets fined. Did they see this is this goes back and forth now? Does does Bagleton get fined for this too? He should. I mean, he if he didn't get ejected, he should be fined. And. I bet, like I said, the league better not find. Like, if the Alouettes want to find, I, I get it. There's probably like an internal code of conduct that I'm sure Mac must have broken. And if that's the case, then fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he should pay the penalty. But in, in which case, I hope the league takes a look at that and says, okay, we're not, we're not going to deal with this. We're not going to, you know, this, this matter has been resolved as far as we're concerned. No need to hit him further in the pocketbook. But, mm-hmm. but definitely Bagleton. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he got off scot free. You want to send a message, and as far as I'm concerned, like if he doesn't get fined something for his participation in uh, in that scuffle, then it, it really does make me wonder, as far as disciplinary action goes, like what what the barometer is, what, what's Mendoza line, if you will, for punishment as far as the CFL goes. I mean, like, is there a set of rules for the Eastern Division versus the Western Division? Is there a set of rules for a veteran like Bagleton versus a, a relative rookie like Mac? Make it make sense. That's that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. But 
really truly consistency across the board is is paramount as far as i'm concerned and if the league doesn't want to show that then there's probably much bigger problems afoot that we we, we even would care to realize yeah so after all was said and done after the first quarter there cliff the, uh, the alouettes gave up 20 points and they were down 20 to 7 um going into the second quarter and and that's when you give up 20 points and the Owls have the Owls have not done that many many times uh in their history i mean it was only the the first time that the Owls had given up uh, 20 points 20 plus points in the first quarter since august uh august 3rd 2018 versus hamilton where they gave up 28 points so uh, yeah. you, you, you still can't do we dare do we dare mention who was the quarterback for that game uh well he just didn't he didn't this certain someone just recently have a his own uh documentary was it on netflix on netflix yeah yeah well, it is what it is it is what it is i mean but <laughs> I, I, again you go in this you give up 20 points okay it's it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough sailing you know they're only down by 13 but you know the owls just could not do anything at all going forward um you know again losing 39 10 they weren't able to stop AJ uh, Chad Kelly. They weren't able to stop AJ Wet again. You know, they they pretty much kept them in check the first time that we played them. But I mean, you did get a lot of yards, but it wasn't for major stuff. It's just like nobody can stop this uh, this Thor wannabe. I mean, it's crazy. I'm you know, I mean, it's like I, I don't get it. Like, does the guy smell? Does he not like take shot? Does he not not bathe for like two three days before a match, and nobody wants to be around him? Like. <laughs> Like there's got to be something going on. I mean, yeah, he's a he's definitely athletic for sure. I mean, the guy, as mm-hmm. we said, difficult as hell to tackle. But is that the reason why? Like nobody wants to touch this guy, or they just can't get their whole. I just have a hard time believing nobody can tackle this guy, and he just gets to run a rough shot over everybody. It's it, it's incredible more than anything else. You know, I I agree, and again, it's you know, Al's only score three more points. You know. Three Oof. more points for the rest of the game. Oh, uh, oh, oh, you know what? We, yeah. Let's let's jump into that because I'm okay. just when I thought I had cooled down enough from it, I, I watched the highlights <laughs> again and just <laughs> angered up the blood again. And I am, I am you, pissed. You, I am you pissed. Si- off. You silly, silly man. <laughs> Oof. You know what? This is the thing. That drive, yeah, always looked like they were getting their act together. Like, yeah, they, they were knocked for a loop in that first half. There's no question about that. And yeah. some would say, like, well, ultimately, you could say they never truly recovered from it. But that drive. No. Down 23 like to 7, had, by the way. 20, 23 to 7 at halftime. Yeah. But that particular drive, they finally, it looked like the offense was finally clicked and they finally got everything working and they were able to move the ball downfield. And I'm like, okay, okay, there's something here. Like, maybe this is part of the comeback this is you know this is now their their opportunity to show that they can they can do it and connecting like firing on all cylinders like this looked like the alouettes we come to expect like okay now they're getting starting to get their act together maybe this is the comeback and what happens they're on the third three yard line the argos and they settle for a field goal that's cowardly that i i i especially when you're down by that many points. I think, mean, mm-hmm. yes, I, I know there's still lots of time left in the game and no lead is safe and blah, 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 blah. But no, to me, that sent the wrong message to this team that you're it, not good enough. And to the fans. You, by, 
Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought because I was going to bring it. Well, I was, I, what I was going to so, say is is that look at the exact same play. And yes, I'm going to be referencing the other league. Actually, it's the two teams that you and I both like in the, in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers were also in that exact same situation this past week. Down big to San Francisco. And what did they do on fourth down? They didn't, did they go for a field goal? Absolutely not. No. They went for they went for the touchdown, got the touchdown. They still they lost. They still lost, but it was what the team needed. Exactly. You know, sh- you know uh, yes, it's, it's a huge difference between week third week, you know, weeks game number twelve versus week number one. I get that, but but I agree. I agree with you, Cliff. I mean, it's you have to set you have to set set up the the second half, and just doing that is it was just a a cop out. It really was. It, it was. You may as well have truly surrendered at that point. That's essentially what it was. And guess what? Worst case scenario, if God forbid, for some reason, Fajardo and company couldn't have gotten into the end zone. Okay, then Chad Kelly has to start at his own three yard line. And okay, probably what he would have done was just hand off the ball to Olet and you know, at least get out of the shadows of their own goalpost. But my God, take the time, take the effort, make take the chance. You could have, you likely would have scored a touchdown. I mean, if you can't score from the three yard line, some way, shape, or form, that it's telling. It and that essentially was it. That was all the offense for the Montreal Alouettes. One touchdown, one field goal. That's it. A chip shot field goal, no less. I mean, mm-hmm. David Cote could have easily made that in his sleep. So okay, fine. But when you're down by such a considerable amount, just it's the message more than anything else, and. I, at that point, it's like, okay, clearly this team knows they're going to lose this game. They've got no heart left, nothing. They just want to get the hell out of there relatively unscathed. And congratulations, you did, but at what cost? I mean, to me, it was cowardly football. It was that, that same conservative football that you complained about with Kahari Jones because that that was a Kahari Jones, but he probably would have done that. And Jason Moss, too. Uh, was it was it a Western final or Western semifinal when he was the head coach of the Edmonton Elks? Same thing. I think it was same idea. Down by I think eleven or ten, and opted for the field goal. No, uh, I guess I guess sooner or later that those kind of things are going to rear their ugly head, and that's exactly what we saw last Saturday. It, it was. It really left a sour taste in my mouth. I'll just, I'll, I'll leave it. No, at that. that's I, that, that's fair. And I'm trying to remember, was that if that was brought up because they did, they actually did do a short post game uh, interview with Coach Moss after the game, and I, I know it's available on YouTube and stuff like that. Go over the uh, teams team site. Um, I was trying to remember what what he said if if, if that was actually brought up, but yeah, it, it's just frustrating because because dude, I mean, okay. Score aside, if you were to look at the stats between these two teams, right, you would think that this was a very competitive game. Very competitive game. Obviously, that wasn't the case. I mean, dude, Fajardo was 21 of 24 for 236 yards and a touchdown. No picks. You know, you think that's good. I mean, Chad Kelly only had 278. You know, but the big thing came down to, and and this was very telling, after, it made us think now knowing this because with today's you know injury report we found out that Stanbeck William Stanbeck has an issue has been favoring something with his hand and we're like what 
but the the owls only gained uh 24 yards rushing and they had their three-headed monster out there again you know we got any, we need to stop you know <laughs> pumping this three-headed monster up because it just they just don't seem to be doing what they did back in 2019 no and Again, one the, I remember also one of the concerns with Jason Moss was he abandons the run way too quickly or doesn't even consider it at all. You've got this 300-headed monster. And I still even remember talking to Coach Moss during training camp about the fact that how excited are you to have three studs at running back? And you could tell he was very excited. It really felt like, okay, he he got it. Like And he did also, too, he remembered being called out for abandoning the run. And... He had his reasons for why he didn't do it in Saskatchewan, and okay, fine. If you know, at the end, like, he knows what he ne- he needed to do, and if he didn't think it was going to work, then okay, then we almost have to believe that he knows what he's doing. Especially if they've in- entrusted him as offensive coordinator there, and now head coach here in Montreal. I, I I don't know. I don't know how you can have those three powerhouses at running back in your arsenal. And you don't do anything with it. I mean, and it's not be. It, it's yes, two games in a row, too. By the way, it's just two games in a row that this has occurred. We really haven't had anything on when it comes to rushing. And again, uh, I mean, run defense can't be necessarily the issue because, I mean, BC gave up a, a 69-yard touchdown run to William Stanbeck. Uh, Walter Fletcher had a pretty nice little scamper l- late in the fourth quarter as well. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it was almost too little, too late at that point. But yeah, on the fake punt, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about it in Toronto. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's another great point, too. Jeshua Antwi, a great run after on the fake punt. That was against BC, but still. Mm-hmm. The point is, these all three of these guys can move the ball if you give them the opportunity. The question is, why isn't Coach Moss giving these guys the opportunity to do that? Like, especially if you just can't get anything going. I mean, yes, Fajardo did have almost 300 yards passing. So, I mean, he was able to connect. In some instances, but whatever was working, or whatever you think was working, was not working. Simply put, and it, it was just uh, the lack of discipline, more than anything else, is really what torpedoed this team. Not just with the, the Mac pe- uh, penalty and uh, ejection, and ejection mm-hmm. but lots of other. It was like death by a thousand paper cuts with with this team, and when it comes to it's, glaring lack of discipline and didn't you fire a bunch of coaches for that last year i i don't think those coaches the, the coaches that replaced them i don't think they're getting fired because of this but it's still it's still hanging out there like a stale fart in the air you you, you can't avoid it I'm, I'm sorry to say but i mean if, if that's what your team's going to do and that falls strictly on coaching i mean by and large i think this this coaching staff has done a great job an admirable job but when when stuff like this is happening and especially against the top tier teams in this league you can't do this against any team but i mean these are the kind of teams that will punish you and will make you eat your own lunch as a result Mm -hmm. of that you you simply cannot like again this is this is what i mean when i say the team is beating itself far worse than what any opponent could do and what's the result now this team is now six and six in the midst of another losing streak, I, I mean, this—you are what your record says you are. And right now, this team is very 
very mid. Yeah. They're not yeah. bad. They're good, but they're not good enough. Simply yeah. put. That's, that's, if I were to describe the Alouettes in one you know, simple sentence, it would be that. They're good, but they're not good enough. Not now, anyways. And uh, can you change that? Can you can you fix that reputation? You absolutely can. But the only way you can do that is to win, win convincingly. You got us, and it starts this Friday against Toronto. I mean, Toronto's—they've cl- clinched their their playoff berth. They're, they're, you're going to see them in the playoffs for sure. They're going to have—they're <laughs> going to be in the playoffs. There's no question about that. Truthfully, I, I think that I, I just can't foresee any scenario where they aren't hosting the Eastern Final at BMO Field in November. Mm-hmm. I simply can't. But you got to start somewhere. This Alois team has to start somewhere. And God willing, a, a much better effort is going to be required this coming Friday. If you, want, if you want anyone to even come close to taking you seriously at this point, you got to make something happen on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Cardi Fajardo, uh, Cliff. Uh, actually completed a pass to ten different receivers this past week. Um, obviously, with uh, what with uh, the ejection of Austin Mack, Chandler Worthy stepped in and did admirably. Uh, four receptions for fifty nine yards. He actually, would you believe, sir? He actually led the team with receiving yards. Uh, Walter Fletcher and uh, Cole Speaker each had fifty two yards. Uh, from there, Tyson Philpot had thirty six. Uh, Tyler Sneed thirty. Reed Sebus who won catch for twenty four. Uh, Jeffrey Antwi one. Yeah, yeah, one, t- uh, one uh, excuse me, Antwi one for six, uh, Sandbeck two for eight, and James Tuck one for two. Um, again, that again, it's, I, I think you agree with me is that if you just look at the stats alone, it's a good game because you know Chad Kelly didn't throw, it's, he didn't throw a, a touchdown pass, but yet didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, they, but, they beat the Alouettes on the ground. Now the other thing that keeps wearing its ugly head, obviously, and it, and it's the same, one of the issues last year for the reason for for firing Coach Kahari and and for uh, for uh, you know uh, the other uh, dismissals that we had is the penalties and the, the, unfortunately those again are now they aren't as high as they were last year. I think we are fourth overall when it comes to penalties in the CFL this year, but you know with the MAC thing we had you know in grand total we had nine of them for 101 yards. Um, you know, so and again, it, it's the lack of discipline. It, it these are the things that are is what's going to cost teams games, and it has it has cost the Alouettes games. And where's the accountability? I mean, it's all well and good to find Austin Mack for his part in this, but uh, maybe the gatekeepers need to be fined as well. Maybe the people that are supposed to be uh, providing an environment mm-hmm. where, where this sort of thing doesn't happen. Maybe they need to get hit in the pocketbook a little bit too. That, that would be, that would be interesting. Actually, that'd be very interesting. Uh, Alouettes did, it did well, as I mentioned on uh, flight deck live, when it came to defense, they only gave up two sacks. One was, uh, one was late in the fourth quarter before Cody came out. And then uh, the other one was uh, when Caleb Evans came in. Um, Again, we seem to be having a problem again, and maybe with what we're seeing this week on who's potentially going to be activated, which we'll find out on Friday. So stay tuned to our, all of our socials for when that is available. You'll see it there for the adept chart. Um, KB and Ento again seems to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
for for a lot of these things. But but again, no passing touchdowns. That's good. That was good. So I mean, it's it's about shoring things up, and we'll talk about this in a minute. But it's very possible with who the Alouettes acquired this past week may help. You know, along with the you know. Uh, Ying the Yang from Sean Lemon to this person here. So we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. So, but thoughts thoughts on the defense before we move on? Yeah, we can we can put this one to bed. I mean, <laughs> the run defense was clearly non-existent because yes, AJ Olet had two rushing touchdowns, and uh, even old man Andrew Harris got in on the action of running rush out over people. Like I guess he felt. I can't let this young punk, you know, steal all the glory. Let, let me get in on some of this action. And there's one carry where I think he had half of the Elwood's defense on his back, and he still oh, yeah, managed yeah. to rumble. From yeah, yeah, he also had a, several yeah, yards. Ar- Ar- Argo, Argo Lyman also pushing him. What, what is funny though, Cliff? That was only for nine yards. Does he, you know what is funny when we we're watching like for that for that the first time? It really did seem longer than nine yards. It really did. It and it was like, uh, and then I look at the stats, like that was only nine yards. Okay. Yeah. But still, yes, yeah, the Alouettes gave over up a hundred yards. You know, that had over a hundred and five himself. Um. So yeah, things they they got to do better. As I said, what started off with Mac, the turnovers, and by the way, the, these these turnovers themselves, you know, they were the CFL type of turnover where you lose one. And as people need to remember in the CFL, you don't have to recover the ball. You just have to be the last person to touch it before it goes out of bounds. And that's basically what it was on these. That's really, that's all that it was. Yeah, so, it was, the, the, you just have to be in the right place at the right time. And that's exactly what had happened was, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, just that Chandler Worthy fumble, the William Stanback fumble, both of those just, you just hope, okay, if you're going to fumble, fumble it out of bounds. Hopefully no one touches it. But unfortunately, there was a always a defender just mm-hmm. just able to just put their paw on it just enough to like, yeah, that's ours now. And like, can't even get mad about it. But, oh, I mean, just protecting the ball was just such a, oh. Which is more, which is more of a bonehead play to you? The going for the field goal on fourth at the beginning of the beginning of the, uh, of the third or the, uh, that wacky, was it fourth that try at fourth and two? I think that's what it was. Was it a, was it a fourth and two? And two? Uh, sorry, third and two? Yeah. Which to you is more egregious? Oh, without question, going for field goal on the third. Yeah. Once again, it, it speaks to the lack of faith you, you all of a sudden have in this offense. And to me, I, I can't say it enough times, you're sending the, the wrong message. You're, you're sending the message that, this team can't not only can they not hang with a, a Toronto Argonauts, but I mean, we just don't trust you enough. Simple to be put at this point in the year. If you don't trust your offense, you don't trust the guys that are out there on the field to get, you know, to, to get three yards essentially, or even two, even just if only to you know, keep the, you know, get a fresh set of downs. If you don't trust your team to do even that, then what are you even doing here? What are, what are we even doing at this point? Like, I mean, Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't like you know training camp or preseason where you're you know you're allowed to make these kinds of mistakes. Like at this point, you know who your team is. You are who you are. Like you've got to if you haven't figured out your identity now, you're simply not going to. And I'm sorry, I, I can't abide by that. I can't. I cannot. I simply cannot accept that at this point in the season. 
like I said, these games count now more so than ever. I mean, we we are truly in the second season. We're truly at the point now where you cannot afford to screw up anything. And then you do stuff like this and it's just, <laughs> it, it's maddening. Like there is no defense for it. I'm sorry. There simply isn't yeah. like even the most diehard. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because I, I saw a few diehard elements sense trying to justify and, and, and I think that, okay, well, you know, the team will get it figured out. Like, no, it, 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 it's sad to say, but no, they couldn't get it figured out on that unfortunate su- September day. Yeah. Um, did you happen to miss the, uh, the, the, our, our special, uh, extended interview with, uh, coming up hall of famer. Cause it would be just this Friday, Josh Bork. Uh, if you happen to miss it, head over to, uh, our webpage over at alowitzflightdeck.ca. It's gotten some great, great feedback. A lot of people have listened to this thing and they're just loving this interview. Um, uh, these long form interviews, uh, I don't want to necessarily call them a specialty force because I think everybody does their own, you know, interviews the way they feel they need to do them. But you know, this one was uh, this one was great. This one really was great. And yes, I'm tooting our own horn, but uh, it's a well worth it, well worth a listen. So head over to head over to the uh, uh, to our archive and uh, catch up on it if you haven't to, haven't yet already before he's inducted into the hall, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. That's right. It becomes uh, it becomes officially official. This Friday. So while the Alouettes are hopefully going to find a way to hang with the Toronto Argonauts, uh, our man Josh Burke is going to be in Hamilton getting his ring, getting fit, getting the jacket. He gets to see his bust for the first time, and uh, he will be able to officially say, I am a Canadian Football Hall of Famer. And that's that's, right. that's pretty awesome. That's right. And we, and we are very thankful that we had the chance to talk to him about his career. So, yes, folks, if you haven't already head over to YouTube, wherever you download the podcast, or just go to alouettesflightdeck.ca. Make sure you check out this interview. Uh, uh, again, I, I think we did, uh, you know, like you, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think we did do a pretty fantastic job yeah. in helping celebrate this man's absolutely Hall of Fame-worthy career. Exactly. Uh, a few little news news and notes before we get to the uh, to the preview of the uh, tar- our Owls uh, versus the Toronto Argonauts this Saturday, excuse me, this Friday over Percival Molson. Um, uh, the first thing that the Alouettes did announce there, what seems to be, which is fantastic, their yearly fan bus game. Uh, they had, they've had one for the longest time, you know, let, you know, less the COVID, COVID seasons and the COVID era, but they have brought it back. It's going to be for the, um, uh, it's going to be for the Ottawa game on September 30th, head over to their website, uh, the Alouettes website, uh, if you, if there are still spots available, uh, great pricing. I was doing, it's funny. I was doing a, a historical look back cliff at the, at the prices for, uh, for these fan, uh, fan buses. It's a pretty damn good price that they're offering this time around. It's, it's less than last year. I'll put it, I'll put it to you that way. It's less than last year. So you, that, that it, right, right there is a positive. Um, also, uh, if you haven't already, on the Alouettes website, they are asking for your input on the uh, potential 2024 uh, home dates. I know you filled it out. I filled it out. We know which day we're staying away from. It begins with a T. Um, ends with an It begins with a, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it begins with a TH. Yeah. Uh, so head over to the uh, Owls uh, website and uh, let let them know when you would rather go see games. There was, a, by the way, did you notice this? 
there were some in, there were some t- interesting times that they have offered for next year. Considering considering how what we thought that the that the CFO was going hard on Sunday night Sunday night football earlier in the season, mm-hmm. some of the times are actually very interesting for uh, for for Saturday for Saturday and Sunday afternoon games. I thought that was, I don't know what if anything else stood out to you besides those, but those really that that Sunday options was one of the things that really stood out to me the most. Yeah. And I, I think this year has definitely proven that there is very much a market for Sunday night football, at least before the NFL does their version of Sunday night football and even into the, the afternoon. I mean, truthfully, I, I think it's been a lot of fun to see like, basically uh, at least one football game Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, however you want to time-wise, however you want to phrase it. But basically four days one game, you, just, you don't have to worry about overlapping. You don't have to worry about double headers or even triple headers like we saw this past Saturday. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a little much. And, and this week too, right? No, there's it's two games Friday, two games. Uh, oh, is it? Okay, okay. Two games Friday, two games on uh, on, on Saturday. Okay. All right. So, yeah, but go do it. It's, they're running a contest too. So for you know, they'll pick a name, and I think you'll get a, a, a team jersey if I'm not mistaken. But head over to the Alex website to uh, do to check out those two things. Make I mentioned your it voice is heard. That's right. I mentioned it before, Cliff, and I know you you wanted to. You told me specifically that you wanted to talk about this because it, it is it is a pretty big deal, and it can easily help the Alouettes quite a bit. You know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The Owls assigned a pretty well known CFL vet player, didn't they? They sure did. You, you want to talk about how this defense has been decimated with injuries and guys that are you know trying to fill in the spots are just, they're good, but like I said, unfortunately, maybe not good enough. Well, help is on the way. And it, as far as signings go, this was, I'll put it on par with the Sean Lemon signing earlier this year. And there's a lot of parallels, I think, to this signing particularly, to the Sean, Sean Lemon signing. Uh, on Sunday, the Alouettes announced they had uh, signed a free agent deal with um, Darnell Sankey, formerly of the Calgary Stampeders and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and also uh, a newly crowned XFL champion. He was with the Arlington Renegades, who won this year's XFL championship. So not just bringing Grey Cup experience to the Alouettes, but XFL championship experience to the Alouettes. So... Uh, again, a, a player who last year led in uh, in tackles, uh, definitely a very dangerous foe. Uh, you look at this linebacking core; they they've definitely taken a hit uh, and definitely could use the help, especially with Tyrell Richards still not at a hundred percent. Yeah, and nothing against Frederick Chagnon; he's been very very serviceable. He's definitely done a, a very solid job, but uh, I mean having a Darnell Sankey in the lineup will be a huge boost for the Alouettes big time defensively, especially a unit that really needs it because I look at this linebacking core and I'm just not seeing enough pressure to the quarterback. I'm not seeing enough disruption. Uh, I mean, I, I think the, you know, the front seven by and large do a good job, but still could be doing a lot more. And, you know, we, we saw what adding Sean Lemon did to the Alouettes initially. They, they got a huge bump. They got, they, you know, everybody stepped up as a result of, of his play. And I have to believe adding Darnell Sankey into the lineup is going to bring this linebacking core back up and get everybody 
playing at a much higher level. So I'm I'm definitely excited to see what he can do. I, I definitely like to see what kind of contributions he can make to this team. And I, I think it couldn't have come at a better time, quite frankly, because this defense really, truly has taken slumps this year. And you, you got to do something. You got you to create a spark. You got to do something to get this defense back on track. And I, I think a, a signing like this definitely sends the message that, yeah, we're not playing. We're not, we're not, you know, we want to be in this conversation for sure. Makes me wonder, do I, I you know, we, we saw, we signed Lemon now, Sankey. It really makes me wonder where we are on the, when it comes to the cap this year. Obviously we, we've, it's weird to say it this way. We've been quote unquote lucky that we've had so many players on the sixth game that we haven't had. The money hasn't gone against the cap. Um, yeah. So I guess it gives us the opportunity to sign these players. But again, it goes to Sean Lemon too. Why didn't it? And I understand think he was playing in the XFL, but why didn't, why didn't anybody want to pick him up until now? You know what I mean? People ask that about Sean Lemon too. So, you know, obviously, but like Lemon, I think he's going to get a prorated contract, but, you know, hopefully this leads to more coming, you know, does well this for the rest of the year and then going into 2024 if we resign him. Both of them, actually. So well, it, it it helps stop the bleeding, so to speak. And you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of a interesting circumstance with with so many players on the six game list. Yes, their salary doesn't count, so that's where you get the you get to have the opportunity to sign a Darnell Sankey or a, a Sean Lemon. And then eventually, once these injured players come back, if they come mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're going to have to do some gymnastics to uh, be able to fit all this under the salary management system, but maybe by then too certain players just may be shown the door because you can't afford to keep everybody and especially too if, if you had spent most of the year on the six game list injured what's really what is releasing them really going to make that much of a difference other than freeing up the money to be able to pay these guys yeah this is something that i'm sure i have no doubt in my mind that Danny machocha has considered and if he has he's shown he's not he's not afraid to make the moves if he has to i mean whether it's releasing players who are Quebec born. I mean, that, that was a big narrative with him, right? That he was signing all the Quebec born players. Yeah. He's actually released quite a few of them and, or traded them or just gotten rid of them. I mean, it, it simply comes down to, you got to perform like that. Yeah. It'll get you in the door being born in Quebec with any Machocha. But if you're not producing, if you're not doing what he needs to do, you need, he needs you to do, then you'll be on the outs. Simple as that. So I, I, I have to wonder if uh, some of these guys that come back, uh, after their stint on the six game list, uh, if they may be given a chance to show that they can still go, but if they can't, then they're uh, out the I was, door. I was about to say, it's, it's just, that's going to, that's, that easily is leading, leading in, into what we're, what we're going to talk about next. By the way, if you have any comments, comments, or you want to just chat today, you know, Clifford and I, besides heading out on, on social media, uh, you can email us directly. You can email me at tim.capper at alouettesflightdick.ca. You can also email Cliff at uh, cliffyd.pine at alouettesflightdick.ca. Uh, just, we, we want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, who you want coming up on the show. Uh, if you don't, don't agree with what we're saying, uh, just, you know, to, just shoot us an email. Uh, we love constructive criticism. We really do. So just uh, okay. be by email or by social, just let us know. And if you're watching this or if you're listening to us on YouTube, let us know in the comments as well. I mean, that's also a great, you know, let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, so on. I mean, that's, as you said, Tim, we we want to hear it all. I mean, we, uh, we always say, if you like what you, 
If you like what you're hearing, tell a friend, tell a friend. If you don't like what you're hearing, tell us. Let us know what we're doing wrong so we can fix it. Yep. So the Alouettes and Argos are playing this Friday at at Percival Molson Stadium. Uh, the Owls no, are not a rubber match. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Yeah, oh yeah, you're right. Uh, no, it is not. Uh, it is a back to back though. Uh, and and this, this this to me, I know it, they're just numbers themselves, Cliff. But I still think it 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 shows how at least for the Alouettes in their in their recent history, when it comes to do, doing back to backs. Um, that the Owls do quite well, um, specific, specifically like in the last 12 back-to-back series. Uh, they've won one, they've lost one, and they've split 10. For the Argos since 1998, versus, sorry, versus the Argos since 1998, the Alouettes, because uh, it's only been 10 back-to-back series, they've won two, lost one, and split seven. Bodes well for the Alouettes going into this game. Uh, versus the Argos, as I said, do something, do something in order to improve improve what they're showing from last week. Uh, the Owls, according to um, uh, to DraftKings, are a six and a half point underdog. This is one of the things that you and I talked about pre-show, actually, Cliff. Is that the over/under was actually very interesting. It's the highest of the league. Uh, it's the highest within the league this week at an over/under of fifty-two and a half points. Well, so. and not so surprising considering the, the first game these two teams played earlier this year at Percival Wilson Stadium was a, a bit of a shootout and a very tightly contested affair until, you know, again, until Toronto pulled away and won the game. But I think there, that too was like about 60 points was scored in that game. Uh, last week, <laughs> Toronto Argonauts damn near scored 50 points on them on their own. So, I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, it's a little surprising to see, but maybe we shouldn't, shouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm not saying that this game will be a shootout either, necessarily, this, this coming Friday. But, I mean, 50 points between the two teams is not impossible, even if it's only end up being one of those teams that score close to 50 points. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not so unusual. Maybe, maybe you can take the over and see what happens. But... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's not so unusual. That's that's all. I mean, I, I understand the sticker shock when you when you saw it, but if you look back at the the, the the two games that these two teams have played against each other this year, it's not necessarily so surprising. I I, I just I just kind of remember. I, it's very rare, very rare that you do see an over under within the within the CFL when it comes to betting over fifty. You know, it's usually and it's anywhere between it's you know forty three to forty seven points, something like that. But I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, please let me know, people. Um, but either way, again, heading into this game, uh, the this is a game where yes, the Argos can clinch the Eastern Division Championship, uh, which is weird considering what week we're in. But then again, you know, it's it's happened before with many other teams before in the past, but. Like the um, Alouettes. Yeah, like there, the Alouettes. There, there, believe it or not, folks, there was a time when the Alouettes would have had the division sewn up by the end of September. It, that's just how good they were, believe it or not. I know you you may have to look in history books to see if that's how long ago it was. but uh, It's since yeah. we've been here. It's since we've been here. Since the Owls have been back in 96. Uh, yeah, I think they were like 9-1. and one. Yeah, 9-1 and one we clinched, and then the, the team crapped the bed with, was it Rod Rust? I think yeah. they lost. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That that team. Yeah. And those great those great cup years too. The, the team was, mm-hmm. was pretty much had first place sewn up by. You know, yeah. At, at the very that, least, the end of September. I mean, it's, that's true. 
it's not so unusual. It's, you know, everybody talks about parody and how important it is and how it's better for football as a whole. But obviously Toronto didn't get that memo because they've lost one game this year. Yeah, one. but we've all, yeah, but, and you're right, by the way, with your comment there, because look what's happened in the Grey Cup. Not necessarily, it's a one game, it's not the World Series, you know, best of seven, it's not the NBA Finals, you know, so it's it's a one game, one game championship. Just takes you know, one game. That's all, that's all it takes, so, but dude, just seeing, if anybody's been keeping track of the, uh, the practice uh, reports this week, this could potentially be, and you're talking about it before about when come guys coming off the sixth game. This could potentially be a smorgasbord. That's right. I said it. Try to spell it. Smorgasbord of uh, of players coming off the sixth game this week, including Cliff, Wesley Sutton, including Cliff, Kayon, Julian, Grant, KJG, including Deontay Ruffin. Avery Williams. So we're getting some of these guys back that have been, that we have been sorely missing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and, I, and again, it goes to, by the way, the whole thing with William Stanback, supposedly he is available, but he did not play for the entire week. But again, stay tuned to, uh, stay tuned to our socials on Friday, uh, Thursday, uh, tomorrow, duh, tomorrow, yeah. uh, where you will, <laughs> Where you will see what the uh, the depth charts will be. Yeah, so those guys, if potentially those guys coming back along with Darnell Sankey making a, a Zelowitz debut, like I said, help is on the way. But I mean, you you, you got to put it together. Simply put, I mean, you you can you simply cannot have another game like you did this past Saturday. That was, you know, it happened, but you got to flush it. You got to just you know burn the tape. Whatever you got to do. It's it's over. It's done with. You gotta keep looking forward. And simply put, the Alouettes have to be a lot more competitive. They have to play a lot better than what they have over the like I know they're playing the top tier teams and nobody expected them to win any of them. And sure enough, uh, they haven't so far. <laughs> Something's gotta change though. Something's gotta give. And you know, if nothing else, like think back to that game earlier this year, that, that shootout between the Argos and the Alouettes at Personal Wilson. I mean that was Arguably one of the best games I've seen this season. It was a fun, entertaining affair. Yes, Yellowitz came up a little short. A couple of, but we uh, were, but we were happy. We were happy with how the team had played. Less a couple of things here and there, but we were happy how the team had played. I know. I think I even joked, like, you know, should we really be feeling this good about a two and three team? But lo and behold, I mean, that's really what happened. But at least we got, we saw signs of life. We saw opportunities to change things, to get better and improve. And what happened? The Alouettes went on a, they went on a streak. They went on a four game winning streak as a result. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it's, it, it's not inconceivable to think something like that could happen again, but it's got to start somewhere. And I just hope if they find a way just to keep Chad Kelly and company in check, I mean, let's, 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 let's hopefully we're going to get that kind of match again, where it's competitive, a shootout, what do you want to call it? Just, you know, something that's going to be decided in the last three minutes. So this is what everybody wants and what makes this league so much fun. Because let's face it, blowouts are not fun to watch. I mean, even watching the Banjo Bowl, watching the, the Riders, after they got that feel-good win at home for them and then just absolutely get dog-walked by the Bombers mm-hmm. in Winnipeg, I mean, that's not fun to watch. I mean, 
games like like I said, the, the Calgary Edmonton game. That was excitement, like start to finish. But if the LOS can pull off something like that, if find find a way to win, if possible, or at, at the very least, show that you haven't given up, because that's really what it looked like this past year. It looked like the LOS had given up. They did. It looked like they didn't want to be there. Quite frankly, there, there, there's nothing that you could say or do to convince me otherwise. I mean, they they looked like Bacon. they had to be there because they had they they have to work. You know, they have to. This is their job. They had to be there. They showed up. Relatively speaking, yeah. So you, uh, I bacon, bacon, oh, yes. bacon. <laughs> bacon does make it better. There's, there's no question. Bacon makes it better. Uh, yep. Um, Owls have some things scheduled for this week. I think we got the BMX this week at halftime. Uh, the season ticket holders, if you haven't already, remember you still can go and get your your cap, your uh, your, your your season ticket holder gift or members gift. Yeah. Head over to, uh, over to the uh, t- ticket office and pick that up. Uh, if you're into that sort of thing, Bud Bud Light and Budweiser are five bucks throughout yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. Student ticket night also student. So, hey, again Friday night for Friday night football tonight. Or Friday night lights. I won't do that again. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I again, weather's going to be pretty pretty nice. It'll be about 20, 21 degrees at kickoff. So, again. We're it's, still in summertime, folks. That's that's the thing. We're still in the summertime. So, you know. It's, yeah, it's over It's over 20. I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you there. Uh, also, don't forget to make sure that you stay tuned for the next episode of Flight Deck Live. You will be catching us live from Percival Molson Stadium. Following the game, stay tuned to all of our socials where we will be broadcasting on X, we'll be broadcasting on uh, on Facebook and broadcasting on YouTube. So stay tuned for our, our message on when we're going to go live, and uh, we'll see you guys after the game. And also, as a reminder, too, we're we're hoping to have some more information coming out, some updates and stuff like that for our uh, fan fest, our fan meetup on Thanksgiving Monday. Uh, but stay tuned, and uh, again... If you happen to miss it, I know we're leaving to the to the last bit of the show again. But Cliff, uh, go ahead and remind everybody who we partnered with. Oh, that would be uh, the League God TV tailgate crew that sets up every home game at Personal Molson Stadium. Uh, it's in the east side of the stadium, uh, or the east side of the uh, into the park, Mont Royal. Uh, you can't miss it. It's a silver trailer, blue pop up tents, uh, people. You know, just gathering, having a good time. Uh, very thankful that uh, Claude and the gang are going to welcome us for the fan meetup on Thanksgiving Monday. Uh, by all means, come check it out. Uh, again, you want to you want to get to know some great football people, like great football fans that love this game and are with this team through doing do or die, through thick and thin. This is where it's at. So come, by all means, be a part of this. Uh, come, you know, everybody is welcome to join in. Uh, you know, bring your own beverages, uh, you know, come, come meet some great fans. And, uh, of course, don't forget, get your flight deck shirts, get the cartoon yeah. bird 56, get another yeah. one if, if you'd th- rather, but we, we want to see got about all... a month. You got about a month, depending yeah. on where you're located to order this thing from our, from the, sh- from the shop, but you'll still be welcomed. You'll still be welcomed. Yeah. I'm just saying it would be really <laughs> awesome though, to see everybody come with their cartoon bird 50, shirt or the logo shirt or whatever mm-hmm. shirt you happen to have but uh, we want to see the flight deck flight crew we want to see yep. you all you're all welcome to the tailgate you're all welcome to be a part of this thing you know the thanksgiving day game is going to be 
an absolute blast no matter what and yeah we want you to be a part of it that's why we're doing it on thanksgiving day just come be a part of it get your shirt you got the promo codes you got no excuse i mean save save a bit of money you know get your shirt Mm -hmm. make sure you're a part of this incredible event and we're very excited to be able to team up with the with the tailgate crew and uh, be able to present you know the fan meetup as as a result and stay tuned for possibly some other stuff, including maybe a raffle for a certain satin Delta jacket, but stay tuned for more information on that. So, um, yeah, so we, we appreciate you guys. We've, uh, we, we love it when you come and listen to us and talk about the, talk about the Alouettes. Uh, again, we will be here back here next week, but you also see us very shortly on, uh, on flight deck live. So, yeah, make uh, sure you subscribe, dude. make sure, make sure if, if you're not following us already, make sure you're, you're following, make sure you get notified you know, when we go yeah, live. hit that bell on YouTube. Hit that bell, you'll know when we go live. That's yeah. that, that's a guarantee. So, hundred yeah. percent. So, I mean, you'll you'll know it. Make sure you check in, interact with us. Uh, like I said, we love doing the live shows for you guys. So, uh, by all means, make sure you tune it out. Like win or lose, you know, it's you know, ho- hopefully we'll, when we go live after the game, we'll have something positive to talk about. We'll have hopefully be talking about a great Alouettes win. And if not, then we're still going to be live. And we're still going to want to interact with all of you. So please make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you get, like I said, hit the notification bell on YouTube. Uh, if you're following us on X or Facebook, then you're going to get notified of that as well. Make sure yeah. you tune in and be a part of this with us. Exactly. So we will talk to you guys very soon. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.